G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of the Extended Bench Podcast. So you've just heard our salary cap teams revealed and we're going to jump right into the Twitter questions for the moment. So yes. yeah, we want to get right in there, get our hands dirty. So first question on Twitter is from uh, Ryan Hinch. Uh, he's asking Tim Kelly or Paddy Dow? And that's probably the easiest question we might get all week. That Paddy Dow every day. Yeah, I mean, same for me. I'm not sold on Tim Kelly's role in the Geelong lineup, how much he's going to score, how many midfield minutes he's going to get, particularly as we discussed in the first half of the podcast, mm-hmm. the number of just quality midfielders they've got. Well, we mentioned uh, Sam Menegola's value going right down, and uh, Tim Kelly's coming in behind him as well. Having said that, Tim Kelly is a lot, lot cheaper. Yeah. So, I mean, from a draft perspective, mm. I would have taken him fairly late. Yeah. Um, from a salary cap perspective, I don't hate the idea of having him in your side. No. I'm just not sure that he's going to get enough ball to be a massive cash cow. He'll be a slow burner for me. Yeah. For me, Tim Kelly is... I, I just don't think he has enough uh, enough value, really. Um, if he was a forward, which he's played forward in the waffle, uh, but uh, if he was a forward, he would be very, very valuable for our teams, yeah. I think, but as a midfielder, not quite. And Paddy Dow... Having said that, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily hate the idea of leaving it for a couple of weeks, seeing if he's playing forward, mm. grab him as a rookie in salary cap mm. in time for him to transfer to a forward line rookie. Yeah. Because we were just saying that forward line rookies are pretty thin on the ground. Well, I mean, realistically, if you're going to do that, you may as well start with him <coughs> on your side. So you may as well actually have him in your starting team so that he's making a teeny bit of cash for you in the midfield. Because so, he will make cash for the first couple of weeks probably, yeah. and then you transfer him to the forward line, because otherwise you've just missed out on the first 50 or 60k. But on the other hand, if he's playing midfield minutes, mm. uh, yeah, if he's playing midfield minutes, he's probably going to make enough money anyway. So yeah. yeah, so it's it's tough to say, but for me, Tim Kelly, no, and Paddy Dow, I just, uh, this, this kid looks awesome. Uh, yeah, I like him. I think he's definitely best 22 for Colin, as long as he's not injured, because they want to get games into him early. Um, and the other big thing we've spoken about in weeks past is that we think Colton are going to be a very fantasy-friendly team this year. Yep. Um, so, Paddy now all the way for me. Uh, second question, which comes from uh, Ryan Hinch again, actually. Uh, he's wondering, which players do you wish you had the guts to pick in your classic teams that you didn't? So, um, I think we've got a couple of questions like this, actually. We do have another question just like that, basically. So, uh, so may- this will be for both of you. Yeah, we may as well answer both of you. And I think that second question was... Who was that from again? Uh, from Kieran. From Kieran, there we go. Uh, both uh, both regular listeners so of the podcast. Uh, keen to hear who you think will have a massive breakout, but you don't have the courage to pick. Yep, there we go. So, so yeah. um, both sort of the same questions. Uh, we were having a bit of a chat about this beforehand, but... Mm. Realistically, we kind of uh, fly off the seat of our pants uh, when it comes to the Twitter questions. We do not do research for this. Very limited prep. So, if you, you know, some of the players that we were thinking of is, I, I've spoken before about both Callum Mills and Ryan Clark in mm-hmm. defense. I think both of them are prepped to have a really big year and they're underpriced. I, I just don't have the guts to pick them. Like They yeah. would save a little bit of money over going, say, a Jack Crisp or a Jake Lloyd. But for me, I'm, I'm just much more set in my... Uh, Guns and Rooks yeah, uh, lineup that I've got. Uh, for me, Reese Matheson. Yeah, yeah, as a forward. As a forward for Brisbane, I think he's going to have a breakout year. I reckon he's going to go big. Mm. Um, either him or Ben Keys, who are both yeah. uh, forward mids. One of them, I think, is going to go big this year. I think it'll be Matheson. Matheson for me. But I just, 
I couldn't do it in salary cap. Yeah, I, I just couldn't bring myself to do that. It's it just it's such a big risk. And you can say to yourself, right, I'll I'll have him in for a couple of weeks and I'll just see what happens and I'll get rid of him. But then if something happens, oh, you're you're stuck, stuck with, with him. him. And that's happened so many times to so many coaches. You've got a guy that you say, oh, we'll just keep him in for one or two weeks. You have issues, you have injuries, something comes up and you have to keep him in your yeah. side. So if you're going to roll the dice on a mid-pricer or someone that you think is going to have a breakout that way, <laughs> try and make sure it is someone that you wouldn't hate to keep in your team if yeah. you have to keep him. Definitely. And the other one too that we um, thought up as a midfielder was uh, Braden Fiorini. Yeah, Braden Fiorini. We Fiorini. both have very big reps mm-hmm. on as a fantasy player um, and we think he's going to step up in um, the Gold Coast midfield this year. Yeah, well, there's obviously no Gary Ablett. Uh, it's his third year and you know we always talk about that third year breakout. Uh, in that first year in those couple of games, you know, he's had he two had back-to-back amazing game. games. Yeah, so he's had, uh, he actually had two games over 100. One of them was 156 or something like that, but... Um, even if you take that out, he scored over 100 in the second one, which is a big ask as well. Mm. So he's got the fantasy game. Uh, we think he can put it together, but we just don't have the guts to put him in no, our midfield this no. year. And I mean, realistically, would you be going him or would you be going Jaeger Mira? Jaeger Mira. You'd be going Jaeger. Yeah. Even I, though it's risky, you'd be going Jaeger. I would you be going him or... Oh, actually, that's the other one. The other one, uh, Jack Redden, is one that I... Would, yeah. He's around about that same price as Fiorini, probably. So I, I would probably prefer to go Jack Redden over here. Yep, yep. and the one I was thinking of, uh, Matty Kennedy. Matt Kennedy, Carlton, yeah. Who I think I picked as my um, breakout player of the year. You did, yes. A couple of weeks ago. Everyone's we... jumped off that bandwagon. He is a pure midfielder. Yeah. But if he... I reckon he's going to go big this Yeah, if he, and if he gets uh, DPP status given to him, if they do play him up in the forward line a little bit... He will be worth a lot more. Yeah, and you know what? He actually he is my answer because yeah. I did have him in my side to start the preseason. Yeah. And he's dropped out because I didn't have the guts to do it, but I am gonna back him in. I think he is gonna have a good year. All right, beautiful. Um, we've got a question through from Brody Johnson. Uh, he's wondering what's the worst pick you've ever made in a draft? <laughs> Jesus. That's that is a hard question to answer without research. We probably should have gone back through our drafts. I um, can think of uh, one for you in our very yeah, first keeper draft. Right, all right, I'll get, yeah, I know that. That's jumped straight into my head. So, uh, which I, point did you take, Taylor Jerome? I can't remember, but I have the odd feeling it was around about round five. I or think th- it was your fourth or fifth pick. I think it was fifth in so our start off keeper league. I took Taylor Duray in the fifth round in a 10 team keeper league. Now, this was the year after he had gone bang. And he looked like he was secure in Hawthorne's best 22 in the back pocket. Like, there was no issue with that whatsoever. Um, other people had said at the draft night, you know, oh, this, that, that's a good pick. I would have yeah. taken him around about there as yeah, well. Yeah, he was pretty high on my rankings as well. But then he just went right down on the roller coaster. He has dropped off, not just in form and scoring ability, but I don't even know if he's best 25 at Hawthorne at the moment. He'd be struggling a little bit, I reckon. So it's really, really upsetting. And he was <laughs> dropped out of my keeper league in, or I think it was, I, I held on to him for one year in hope, and then he was right out the next year. Yeah. So that, that was a sad pick. Have you got anyone in mind? Uh, <laughs> mine are more missed opportunities. Like, I tend to draft people that are good, but then mm. I drop them before they get good, and then someone else picks them up. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. Um, I don't know. Can you think of anyone that I've who, done? Who have you who have you dropped? Um, you dropped Matt Sharonberg from memory just before last year in our Keeper League, just before he went on that amazing run of averaging above 90 yep. on the back end. Right I, example. I picked him up, and as long as he's in Collingwood's best 22, which I think he is, mm. that is a great keep for the rest of his career yeah. for me. Actually, you know who it is? I've got it. Um, in our top-up last year, our Keeper top-up, Yep. 
I took uh, Darcy Moore. Oh, you did take Darcy Moore. You did draft. You could have been around (laughs) the late 30s, probably. You went on a bit of a a run with the key forwards, uh, because you took Joe Danaher as well. Yeah, I had two picks in the third round. I took Danaher with like 32, and then I took Moore (coughs) with the late 30s somewhere. Which Danaher was a great pick, by the way. Like I yeah. loved that Danaher pick, but ooh. you didn't at the time. No, well, I, actually, I, amusingly, the guy that sent the question in, Brody, is the only person that did pick that pick. Yeah, that's that's great, but yeah, but yeah, more for me is yeah. probably the worst pick. Yeah, that that wasn't a great pick, but again, you know, you, you got to take a punt on that every now and then. Exactly. Danaher worked. More has clearly not just yet. <laughs> Um, next question is from uh, Peter Dimnicki, and I still hope that I'm pronouncing that right, Peter, mate. Thanks again for, uh, for tweeting, tweeting in a, uh, a question to us. He's wondering, uh, when is it too early to start offering trades in a redraft? Um, it's never too early. It's never too early. We were literally sitting there, like I said, at the end of the draft yesterday, and Gary Ablett had actually slid to the fifth round for us. No one in wow. our league has mm-hmm. any faith that Gary Ablett will be able to get his body on the park for more than 18 games. Mm, interesting, um, and we're also worried about what he what happens to him in terms of role, and also uh, in terms of you know where he slots in uh, with Dangerfield, Joel Selwood, um, Duncan, all these other high scoring players. A big risk reward there, exactly available. Um, so he slid really, really far in our league. Yeah, um, and at one stage there was a question of uh, would you trade? Uh, I think someone put it to me. Uh, would you trade? Uh, Gary Ablett for or I want to I want to say Matt Crouch or someone like that. Um, Should I take Crouch? Yeah, I would definitely take Crouch. I, I took uh, which Matt, is unthinkable a few years ago. Yeah, I took Matt Crouch in uh, with pick thirteen after I had pick eleven and with snaked hmm. on the way back. Fair enough. So I have a lot of faith in Matt Crouch. Um, uh, just sneakily as well, I took Dane Zorko with pick eleven, which I was absolutely oh, yeah. yeah oh, I took Dane Zorko. Oh, I was so happy with that. <laughs> um, you got a few messages about that on the day, but yeah. So uh, for me, it's never, never too early to start offering trades in a redraft. Yeah, it, it does look like sometimes you're a bit desperate if it's yeah. if it's in the couple of hours after. But if you're private messaging someone, and you know the next day or something like that, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, me neither. I think you. You've got to do what you have to do to improve your team. Um, you just got to weigh up how the person you're approaching is going to react and how they're going to view what you're doing. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Um, so Peter's actually sent through another question as well. He's asking, uh, also in a redraft league, a mate of mine picked up Doherty at his second pick at number 12. Ooh. Does this mean a year of ribbing? <clears throat> oh, yes. mate. Yeah, it does. First, first of all, yes. It yes, does. It absolutely, absolutely does. It's, uh, so I have a question, yeah. which you obviously can't answer. But yeah. was this mate there present, or was it like an auto draft thing? This this is what I'm suggesting because we we had our draft yesterday, and one of our players tried to pick up Zach Williams um, mm. around about pick. Uh, I, I'd say around about uh, the seventh round or something like that. And we all turned around and said to him, "Mate, Zach Williams is out for all but maybe the last three games of the season." So I can kind of understand that one because Zach Williams and Nathan Wilson, I've always struggled remembering which one's which. No, no, no. He legitimately thought uh, Zach Williams from GWS. He didn't. He wasn't. Oh, he knew who he was picking. He knew who he was picking, but he did not know about the injury. Ah, so we all turned around gotcha. and said, "Look, mate, there's this happening. Injury cloud. 
or not even a cloud. He's, he's just he's injured. Out. He is out. So we, we all just said, right, there's a, you, you can't pick him. And Obviously, so, you guys are a lot kinder than... Um, oh, God, Peter, you're, you're Peter's mates. It's, a, it's bloodthirsty. I, I love it. On the one hand, I absolutely love it. Like, it's a cutthroat league. Yeah. Um, I think, actually, you sent us through a question last week, which was saying... Um, you, uh, you're you in a league with a lot of first-timers and you're wondering if you should oh, lead them down yes. the wrong path. Yes. Clearly, you, <laughs> you chose to, <laughs> to, uh, to lead them down the wrong path. path. Mate, and I, again, I have no issue with no a No mercy from Peter. It's, um, <laughs> it's definitely one way to draft. We, on the other hand, like I say, we, we're probably more open to just being a little bit kinder to some people who don't know about that sort of thing because it always ruins your day when, when you've yeah. taken someone who's injured. Oh, Having geez. said that, it just goes to show, do your prep for your draft, yeah. prepare, know who the guys are that, mm-hmm. that have got the um, long-term injuries, just know what you're getting into going in, because if you haven't prepared, you'll make mistakes like yeah. that, and that you'll draft the wrong merit. Oh God, that's you'll that. draft the wrong Crouch. Oh. Both in the good, but you'll draft the wrong one. Well, Brent Crouch is injured for the first you'll, couple of weeks. You'll draft Corey Lyons rather than the man of mystery himself. Jared Lyons, or which, which was... Even as commissioner, I entered in the wrong lions into your team, so that was unfortunate. So do your prep, know who you're drafting, yeah. know what the injuries are. Just do basic research realistically. Like if you didn't know Sam Doherty was injured going in, you've done absolutely no research going in. And you that, haven't looked at AFL yeah, since last season. That that player is going. Actually, to, you haven't looked at AFL since before last season. Mm, finished. Yeah. So that that player is going to know for next year now. But to answer your question, Peter, yes, you you absolutely, absolutely. mercilessly make fun of that man. Destroy them. them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we've got a... Interesting. We have a um, uh, another question from Dating Advice at Dating Advice AFL. Oh, no. There's, they've made a Twitter I think account. Someone, I think someone out there has actually made an AFL Dating Advice Twitter account. <laughs> On the one hand, oh, I applaud you. Am I going to break people's eardrums if I applaud into the probably. microphone? Probably. Don't applaud into the microphone. Whatever I'm, you do. I'm applauding away from the microphone, everyone. Good yeah. job. Yeah, that, that's impressive. On the other hand, this is never going to end. Who, is whoever's it? done that, but yeah, I feel like this isn't going to end. <laughs> and once again, please, we are not the people who ask for dating advice. Just ask my girlfriend. But it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, we'll dive into it. I hear, <laughs> I hear you guys are good at giving dating advice. So I have a question for you. My girlfriend wants to spend time with me during the first weekend of the footy season. Uh, what are some of your excuses of why you can't see her at all that weekend? That's, that's actually a really good that's question. That's a good question. It is the last week of preseason, so the first weekend is coming up. Um, I, yeah, I've just uh, I've changed uh, jobs, actually, mm. and for the first time in a long time, I have weekends free again, and I can't wait. It's happened just in time for the footy to start. But the question is... Will your lovely girlfriend allow you to? <laughs> she, oh, she will uh, not know that the, <laughs> the football has started. A little She'll bit. find out, though, won't yeah. she? Yeah, this cough of mine, you know, it's been getting slowly worse. Uh, it should be getting better, but it's gone bad. No. Um, look, look I, excuses. Um, I've, uh, uh, I, I don't car, car have... Car problems. Uh, <laughs> I drove up to my mates to drop something off and my car's broken down. I'll need to stay here for a few hours and wait for the uh, tow truck. Um, three hours later, oh, look, my car's fixed. It's fine. <laughs> um, and that's good news. She'll be happy about that. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I think it's tailored to yourself. You can't really come in with one universal How excuse. How good are you at, at telling lies as well? Yeah, that's true. That's a worry, though. If you're really good and in tune at telling lies in your relationship... It's probably not a good sign. But if it's for fantasy, all the better. Personally, <laughs> I would probably just 
spend time with my girlfriend and watch some footy, I'd try and get a bit of a balance going. Boo. I know, yes. it's not a good answer. I was about but... to say, mate, I am heading to your place on the weekend and we are watching hours upon endless hours oh, of I football. Know, I know, So it's like, for the first... The key yeah. is balance. Yeah, all right, we'll go with that. If this is going to be a regular thing, should we have some like background music that we play or something? All right, I'll, I'll find some background music. I'll find some romantic guitar strings or something like that. And uh, I've got to work on our on our voices as well. Have some sort of special delivery voice. So I'm I'm not just supposed to <laughs> so laugh the whole time. <laughs> probably takes away from the advice slightly. All right, well uh, let's we'll, move on. We'll uh, we'll move on. We are of... not dating people. No, don't ask us these questions. But but also that's pretty funny. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Um, we've got a, another question in from uh, from Bags. Uh, he's wondering, in a draft league, what midfielders would you consider being a fair trade for Ablett? Without trying to consider league structure or who's already on a team, he's reckoning a 95 to 100 point per game guy who would play 20 plus games would be where he's thinking. Um, and uh, for me, probably not a 95 to 100. I'd say a, one, a 100 averaging midfielder. Yeah, I'd say 100 to 100. Three hundred and four. Yeah, because for me, even if Gary Ablett goes down, I mean, he averaged 118 or something stupid If he's on the park, he is going to score well. I think he does go down a bit, but that probably brings him down to around about... And I don't like putting, like, firm numbers on things, Mm. but about 108 to 110 probably is what he goes down to. So if that happens, and say he's on the park for, you know... He's playing in Melbourne a lot more because he's at Geelong, so he's not going to have to fly as much. He might do about... 17, 18 games or something this season yeah. uh, before finals, home and away games, which is obviously where fantasy is important. Yeah. Um, if you can get instead a guy who's uh, going at about 100, 102, and is, unless injury happens, mm-hmm. guaranteed to play all 22 games this season, that's probably where I was probably looking at. Because so, the other thing too about Ablett is you'd think that they will rest him leading into the yeah. fantasy final yeah. or leading into AFL finals during fantasy finals. So guys in the draft who would drop a little bit because obviously in salary cap it's different when it comes to yeah. pricing, but I think maybe Nat Fife would have fallen a little bit, uh, a, a little bit more. Mm, um, yeah, he probably would have a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, Lukey Parker probably falls a little bit. Stephen Canelio is a good one, is an Ooh, interesting yeah. one. I think you could probably get someone to give you Stephen Canelio, and I like Stephen Canelio this year. Yeah, I'd like that one, actually. Um, yep. If someone has drafted Lockie Whitfield, uh, it, particularly mm. if you're in a league where DPP changes are turned on, uh, if someone's drafted Lockie Whitfield not necessarily thinking that he will change positions to a defender, that is a great pickup. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, you're not going to be able to snag a, a merit uh, Matt Crouch, or Dusty Martin, Zorko, you know, those sorts of guys. Yeah, those elite guys are um, off the radar. Yeah, but what about a Jack Steven? Jack Steven's interesting, but I don't think he averages high enough for me. Uh, no, really? Maybe he averages, yeah, no, that's... He's got a very high ceiling. He does. But he'd be off people's radar because he had such a bad year last mm. year. Yeah, no, he, he's really, really interesting, actually, this year, Jack Steven, particularly in draft leagues. Like, you should absolutely not be choosing him in a... Uh, in your salary cap side, but for draft leagues, he's... he's definitely... I don't know, in your salary cap side, he'd be underpriced, I reckon. Uh, Clayton Oliver is another interesting one for me, because I think he has a good year this year and could go yeah, maybe... I think people will remember what he did to start last year off, mm. so I don't know you'd get him. Dane Beams uh, is another yeah, one. he's an option. Yeah, uh, Rory Sloan. Oh, maybe Rory Sloan's just a bit too high. But the argument you could make with Sloan is the, um, the peaks and troughs. Yeah. Uh, if, particularly if you're based over in Melbourne doing your drafts, if you're not uh, based in Perth like we are, mm. uh, Lockie Neal is a player who will probably have slid towards the back of your draft, maybe in round three or something like that. 
I reckon he's a great player to get yeah. for Ablett. It, again, yeah. it all depends on where your um, your draft group based Ablett at. So, like I said, we base him at five, so you're not going to be able to get much for him in our draft league. But if your guys, round. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the uh, the draft leagues around there are averaging him around about midway through the second, if not towards the back end of the second round. Yeah. You're going to be able to get something pretty good for him. Uh, we'll move on. Yeah, I hope that helped, Bags. Uh, we've got a question from uh, Elliot Owens. He's wondering, would you draft Walters or Tom J. Lynch? Uh, That's West Coast Lynch. Lynch. Uh, it? What's that? West Gold Coast Lynch. Oh, sorry, Lynch. West. Yeah. Jeez, I would love to have Tom uh, Lynch of the Gold Coast. For some Coast. reason, I heard Kennedy. Oh, I just heard Jay something about Kennedy. I um, would lose my mind if Tommy Lynch was at the, <laughs> at the West Coast Eagles. Oh, so that's Gold Coast Lynch, is it? Oh, you just made my dreams come true, Matt. Sorry, I've just got a basket. Do, do we need to take a, a, a uh, break here think, while you control yourself? I think I'll just take a, a, a small drink of water just here. Um, <laughs> just, just, to, just to control. Um, all, right, all right, so the question is Walters or Gold Coast Lynch, yes? Well, yeah, and my, pretty simple for me, I'd take Walters. Me too. Because Walters is going to have... The big, big chance to get midfield minutes this year. With Matera and Valentine having played well in that last JLT, I think mm-hmm. they're the two small forwards. Walters will rotate through there and through the <coughs> midfield. Um, and Banfield as well, he's been confirmed to play round one. He also can play as a small forward from memory. Yep. So Walters will get midfield minutes. I did draft um, Tom Lynch last year. I drafted both Tom Lynch's last year. Yeah. Um, not because I didn't know which was which. I just, wanted them both. Just because you wanted to call your team the Lynch Mob from memory. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> the entire reason you did that. I, I like Lynches as well. I, I love drafting players just for a good team name. It's it's brilliant. I, Lynch is a good player. I think <laughs> both of them. I but think, Tom Lynch from Gold Coast was underwhelming last year. Yep. Um, I think a lot of that was the fact that he was the man up there. There was really nobody else helping him out. Mm. I can't see that changing an awful lot this year. Um, and with his contract negotiations yeah, negotiations coming up as well, yeah. I can see him not being 100% in the moment while he's playing. His mind, mind not be in the game quite as much. Uh, and that yeah. does happen sometimes with players in their contract years, particularly when they're definitely thinking of leaving. And I think that Tom Lynch is definitely, if not 50-50, he, he's swaying towards leaving the He could not be thinking about it. You'd have to. I mean, I don't think they're a chance for a premiership in the next five years, which means that that is the bulk of his, uh, you know, uh, uh, his best years at AFL level. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying, I mean, Walters, if he gets midfield time because you've got Bowers, you've got um, Brandon Matera, who they've just brought in to be small forwards, yeah. Michael Waters scores so well when he's in the, yeah. in the midfield, particularly with Stephen Hill out for at least one or two rounds. Mm. That might be a starting off point, and he can show what he can do, and maybe... For once, Ross Lyon will see that and go, you know what, <laughs> maybe I will give him some more midfield minutes and leave him there. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You're relying on Ross Lyon. Which is go always a worry. Go to <laughs> <laughs> No, we're both still on Walters. Yeah, um, and obviously, if, if you have made a, a mistake, which I don't think you have, Elliot, mate, and if you were wondering about the Tom Lynch from Adelaide, definitely go the Adelaide yeah, Tom go. Lynch. We love Tom yes. Lynch from Adelaide from yes. a fantasy point he of view. He is amazing. He is just so consistent, and he scores just ridiculously high. And as our friend lovingly calls him, Rangelinch. Rangelinch. <laughs> so insulting. Um, I think we're a gun. we're down to our last question. I think, which is uh, come in from Scott, I believe. It has indeed. I'm just mm-hmm. finding it. Yeah. And Scott has said, "Who was the biggest DPP change, and who yeah. who will?" I can't talk today for some reason. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'll start again. Who was the biggest DPP change, and who will be the most influential DPP player that's changed. Ooh. Ooh. 
Okay. So who's been the biggest one and who's going to be the biggest one um, um, that comes during the year? Okay. Um, well. Uh, good question, me, by the way. Yeah, that is really a good question. That is a good question. And once again, a question that we probably could answer a lot better if we researched this beforehand. Just, yeah, just pulling out my screen here. For me, probably one of the biggest ones that's changed and is already available as a DPP, uh, Jack Crisp. Yep, I agree. So for me, it's Crisp or Angus Brayshaw. Angus Brayshaw is another one. We've gone really defense-heavy with some of these answers, actually, but there's a lot yeah. of... There's um, a lot of value there, though. Yeah. Like, Ryan Clark is another who's gained defensive status. And yeah, he's not up there with the best, though. No. But I think Crisp, if, as we discussed earlier, if mm-hmm. his role is right, he could be the biggest DPP win of the year for us. Yeah. Brayshaw, if he manages not to knock himself out at some point... <laughs> Um, has the potential to be a great DPP change for us because he'll play a mixture of midfield and defence, I think, yeah. is yeah. my gut feel. Yeah, and uh, they're both going to average quite high. The real benefit for you with DPP players is if they've gone from being a midfielder to either being a forward or a defender. Yeah. There is no value whatsoever. when And a lot of podcasts and a lot of sites actually do reference, you know, oh, this player has gotten DPP status, but he's gone from a, a just a defender or just a forward to a deaf mid or a forward yeah, mid. I'm trying to find an example. And that's that's just no value whatsoever. They're still going to average exactly the same, essentially. Um, uh, so, and, and particularly if they've gone from a forward to just a mid, that's a lot of value gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only real benefit is if you play during the buy rounds and you can flick them around so that you've got enough guys on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's really the only benefit. Yeah, I think the other one I, I might have mentioned uh, earlier... You mentioned Sicily earlier. Sicily, yeah. He's a different beast because he's gone from a forward to a forward defender, and that's actually very versatile. Yeah, and the, again, the benefit there during the buy rounds, mm-hmm. and even just during the regular season, yeah. you can flick him around to fill holes in your team. It's... Uh, yeah, and we, we do think that he's going to have a good year this year. So, yeah. um, James Sicily is another one for us. Uh, anyone else? They're the three that immediately come to mind. Reese Matheson, we were mentioning earlier, but I don't think he's particularly a big. I think he's got opportunity, but he's not in the same league as those other guys. Yeah. Um, so, they're, they're the ones that we think that have started with DPP. Uh, for me, the easy choice in terms of who, and I, I can't think of too many changing position. Maybe Rory Lobb is one. Um, yeah. But he probably in helps. Of footy, he's already got that position, but yeah. in salary, um, AFL fantasy. Yeah, so uh, for me, it just it happens probably a little bit too late. But the big, big one is Lockie Whitfield. That yeah. is a game changer. If he gets defensive status and if he's playing that fantasy-friendly role that he's played in the JLT, which, mm-hmm. again, we don't know if he'll actually do. Yeah. But if he does, he could average... Because he, he loves uncontested ball. He's oh, not, he does. Yeah. He's not an in-and-under player, and half-back would suit him really well, half-back and wing. Mm. So he could probably average between 100 and 105, which makes him probably the best defender for the year. Because Rory Laird, for me, averages about 100, just over 100. Yeah, I, I, I could see Laird averaging about 105. Yeah, yeah. I, he'd have to really push for it, because last year was a terrific year for him, and he'd yeah. have to go that next step. And he did slow down a fair bit yeah. towards the end of the so, year. But again, he could do that. Mm. But for me, I think that Lockie Whitfield could average over that. And if he's a defender, that's gold. Yeah. That's money in the bank. The other one that you were very high on last year <coughs> was um, Jordan Lewis. Yeah, oh God. He, he 
they have said that they are going to play him as a defender. Yeah, and so he didn't... will get the DPP change. The question is whether he will still be fantasy relevant. Yeah, you you playing as a defender. You know how much it hurts me for you to mention Jordan Lewis because <laughs> we towards the back end of last year he played defense like for probably half a year. I swear he was playing off the half back flank. <laughs> I didn't notice it quite that much, but and he I'll, definitely did. Play I a bit. swear he did, and uh, they just didn't give him defensive status to start this year and ultimate footy either. And because we do our keeper league in that. It just meant that I had an 84 or 85 averaging midfielder that I had to get rid of. So, oh, God. But I think he will get DPP status during the course of the year. As I said, it's just the question of whether he's scoring enough as a defender to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Which we're not sure about at this stage. Yeah. The big one for us, though, Lockie Whitfield. I think we can both uh, come down to that. Well, uh, that's all the questions for this week, guys. So. All that's left to do now is just count down the days until the very first AFL game. Uh, Colton Richmond starts on Thursday night. Uh, yes. make... Remember, it is a partial lockout. Yes. Um, so you can do loopholes. You can still make changes to your team afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for the Colton Richmond players, obviously. obviously yep. um, so, uh, yeah, mate, we've already gone through how you do the loophole as well. So if you need to, go back to the first podcast and just double check that you're doing the right thing. Uh, but for me, yeah, it's just a waiting game at the moment. Make sure that your rookies are definitely all playing in round one as well. Don't, yep. I, To be honest, there's enough rookies out there that you don't need to go in with one that's not in actually on the field in round one uh, or in uh, playing in the best 22 in round yeah, one. Yeah, it's yes and no. I, I kind of agree with you. Mm-hmm. There is always the danger in round one to pick somebody just because they're named in round one mm. and then they get dropped a couple of weeks later and never play again for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's true. So use your judgment. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if there's if you're choosing between, say, Liam Ryan and Giles Langdon, uh, you go, go, with, go with Ryan because his job security is significantly better. But realistically, don't be choosing guys who you think are good, like maybe Hunter Clark, if he's not named best 22. Yeah, because he might get a game at some point. Because he might get a game at some point, exactly. So we're going to end the podcast there, and we look forward to coming back and chatting with you guys next week when we have some actual AFL we'll have games to talk about. about. We've got some players to go through. We'll have some actual. We'll definitely have some news in terms of players that you need to get into your side or you need to hoof out of your side as quickly as possible. Yes, we will. So hopefully your teams are coming together now and they perform really well over the first weekend of AFL Fantasy. And we'll catch you next week, everyone. We will catch you. Bye. Bye.